ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, studentunionsports.com proudly presents to you Lecture Hall! Oh shit, here we go again. everybody and welcome back to another episode of lecture hall brought to you by student union sports it's your host big hoppa i gotta put some inflection in the voice i am depressed uh specifically in regards to the nhl i refused to talk about it that is on my personal syllabus i will no longer be talking about the toronto Maple Leafs until the beginning of next season Harrison, give us our real syllabus. Here's Harrison. I forgot to say that. Usually I say we're both here, but I just needed to get that out of the way so that Harrison did not say anything. Yeah, so uh, Hoppe mentioned it. The Toronto Maple Leafs are out, are out of the Stanley Cup playoffs, playing in a bubble in their home city and could not get out of the qualifying round. File that one under things we love to see. Staying with the NHL. Um, the team that defeated the Toronto Maple Leafs, the Columbus Blue Jackets, just lost in five overtimes. Borderline borderline went the entire fifth overtime before the lightning the lightning scored. <laughs> Yeah, well, um, crazy, insane, can't believe it happened. Yeah, which made the Bruins game uh, get postponed till tomorrow morning. So, honestly, the Bruins game will probably happen before this podcast comes out. <laughs> <laughs> good chance. Really good chance. Um, the Phoenix Suns, speaking of bubble teams, 7-0 and in the NBA restart. Hottest team in the league, hottest team in sports. Don't sleep on the Suns. Also, Dave Lillard might be the best player in the NBA. That's a little far, but this is the syllabus, so I'll let you continue to talk. Yeah, uh, that, that's all we got before we get into major, major big-time headlines. Did I mention that the, the Maple Leafs lost in their home city in the qualifying round? Anyway, speaking of majors, we had the first golf major of the year on Sunday. Absolute electricity. I guess we'll just start there. Is that uh, since, really where we're going to start? Yeah, I decided it is. You you brought up majors, so I figured uh, it was a good segue. We have probably the biggest headline in, in sports history to talk about, but yep, let's start with golf. Just get her out of the way. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's you know first mate like one of the longest stretches without a major since the 1940s during World War II. I agree that it is very like historical in the aspect of sports. You're, you're exactly correct, Harrison. Resident golfer on this podcast. I feel like there's some, there's some spite in your voice. But yeah, uh, PGA Championship is this week weekend. Um, as I said uh, on, on our last episode, although he did make the cut, he played horribly. Fantastically. Our guy, Tiger Woods. Um, my prediction of... A Brooks Bryson showdown almost came to reality. I mean, they both kind of pulled their weight there, um, but the one that I thought that would collapse on Sunday, you know, played a played a 
pretty good round. And uh, my predicted Give winner, Brooks Kepka, um, did not. He did not. Seventy four. Not <laughs> how you close out a major after you um, pretty much defended the, the world two. that Dustin Johnson can't close out a major, and then uh, you out and shoot seventy four on Sunday. Not a great look for old Brooksy. Uh, no, not one bit. Your your Bryson Brooks take was. I was so glad to see Bryson um, shoot well and give himself a shot at the end there uh, in those final couple groups. Can I just say, I don't know if this is like a hot take, but I love the two two player pairings. Give me two player pairings for every tournament the rest of the way out. Don't give me don't give me like the three. I love the two. I think the two is sick because then the featured group coverage, the regular coverage gets to kind of compare and contrast. Uh, the playing styles, like I was watching, I had bets on uh, DeShambo and Finau for top five, so they were placed in the feature group together. A sneaky good. I put Finau was plus 1,100, so I put down $10 to win 110 on a top five for Tony Finau, one of the best second-place finishers in the world, if not the best second-place finisher. Easiest money I've ever made. Bryson uh, ends up T4 with him as well. Uh, so that was – I thought it was fun because they're two guys that blast the ball um, and can kind of struggle on the putting green uh, at times despite Bryson just nailing 95-footers. Made almost 200 feet, to, feet worth of putts on, like, Thursday. Um, but I really like the two, the two people pairing compared to, like, three, uh, which is, like, the normal. Um, also, I, re- I had uh, – uh, let's see. What was the other one? I had Tiger to win, which obviously, yeah, that, it wasn't that close. Um, but those were the two main ones. I had Jason Day, the him to keep it even par uh, on Saturday, so that was nice, but that doesn't apply. Oh, DJ was the other one. I said to take maybe throw a couple bucks DJ's way, plus 5,000, leading after the third day. Did exactly what Brooks said. Didn't finish it out, but uh, you know he had the—he sure should have had the chance. Um, he was in it the whole way. Uh, it was a really good tournament. Obviously, more cow at the end drives the green to seven feet on sixteen, but like two hundred ninety par four, uh, and yeah, I mean just electricity for Morikawa. Um, hold out from like thirty some feet previously to put him to eleven under, and thirteen under was the winner of the tournament. Yeah, can we can we talk about just the absolute stones on this twenty three year old? I mean, I guess we should have done our research going into the week because apparently, I mean, I knew he was a California kid. I knew he went to Cal. I didn't realize how close Berkeley was to San Francisco, but I guess Harding Park's just a course that he played all the time, <laughs> literally all the time. Yeah. Um, I guess that's why I'd heard some people saying that he should be like the clear favorite going in um but he has some nuts absolutely Um, i mean just being so young on tour like i get you've only missed one cut you've you've won twice at that at that point um and then you just went foot to the ground uh, on the gas pedal there and like pulling driver on that hole and then hitting it the seven feet like are you kidding me yeah uh morikawa absolutely uh i know the one stat i'm gonna butcher it because uh, i didn't write it down but something about like if you include his amateur starts 
he's he's like 29 starts uh, compared to Tigers' 20, first 29 starts. They have like this. I think it's the same amount of wins. And then it, the like, Tigers' 29th start was the 97 Masters. So they're like essentially Morikawa has been Tiger to this point, and he's 20. Three fucking years old. I, this is what I hate. This is what I hate about sports right now. I'm watching guys that like would have only graduated a couple years ahead of me in high school just like destroy. And then there's like in baseball more than anything, you have just some of these guys hitting absolute fucking piss rockets out of the park or like strutting the mound, like absolutely destroying people with their with these nasty pitches. And they're like younger than me now. And it's like it's just really. Ugh. Um, it's, it's, it creates a sad environment for myself. Yeah, Colin Morikawa is pretty close to being exactly a year older than me. Yeah, that's tough. And there's a light years in golf game. <laughs> yeah, I saw, I saw a stat or I saw a post saying that when he was in like middle school, he went through like a, like a track man session um, and his six iron dispersion was better than um, like the 90% of Tor Pro's pitching wedge dispersion, which is an insane stat with how accurate his irons are. That's how he's winning it. Winning, like, mm-hmm. granted, he hits the ball a long ways, but by a Tor standard, he's not the longest hitter, but the dude throws darts. Dude, and throws darts and absolutely. He's great. Uh, he, it, it's a terrible putter, but everything else is there. Uh, shots gained from the tee. He's 16th on tour. Shots gained from on his approach uh, to the green. Second, uh, shots gained tee to green is third on tour. His driving accuracy, he's 25th. Greens in regulation, he's 21st. Uh, his distance, you're exactly right. I mean, 107th, not even averaging 300 uh, on the drive, but – um, absolute, just like you said, stones, throws darts. I mean, when you, when you have easy tap in birdies and fucking Eagles from seven feet on a par four, you're, you're going to have some success. Yeah. Um, and then odds for the U S open and masters were just re updated with Bryson and Brooks being the odds favorites for both of those tournaments. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm ready to live for more Brooks trolling, especially like we said on the last episode, we're not big uh, Brooks guys. Um, so I'll, I'm living for some of the Brooks trolling while we shut up cat. While we uh, have uh, Bryson just hitting missiles, hitting 90 foot putts, all that stuff. That being said, I love Bryson. Excuse me. Love Bryson. But my elbows, when I watch him putt, feel like they are going to snap in half for him. He's just like, mm, and it looks so uncomfortable. Uh, we had one Which, of like, I know. I've watched him before. But just, like, this weekend, I was just really like, dude, holy shit. Yeah, we had one of those arm lock putters come into the shop uh, the other day, and I didn't even know what to do with it. <laughs> That's – oh, looks terrible. Uh I will we'll get off of this uh Wyndham this weekend to go from the West Coast over to North Carolina. Uh some of the things that I like is 
Uh, Kevin Kisner, North Carolina native. He's plus 3,100. He's from South Carolina, isn't he? Oh, shit. He might be. Fuck. From the Carolinas. Exactly, Harrison. Thank you. Good point. Uh, plus 3,100. A shorter course. Uh, the So distance isn't necessarily uh, required. Um, being able to spot the ball is going to be nice. Uh, and Kevin Kisner has the best five iron on tour. <laughs> uh, so I put I put a little bit down on Kiz at plus thirty one hundred. I put down Patrick Reed. He's won the Wyndham Championship before. Uh, he was plus three hundred to, to uh, place top five. So that was put put some money there. Uh, one of my like dark horse picks, Lucas Glover, plus twelve hundred for a top five. I'm taking him for a top five. I like this play because he's got the uh, doesn't he's uh not a big disc not like too terribly like long that being said uh he's got some of the better stats uh on shots gained on his approach which sounds like it's going to be important this week uh up there in driving accuracy too so keep it in the fairway put some darts he's kind of been hot this year people people are sleeping on him uh also to win uh plus 1800 had just coming off a really good sunday paul casey I thought that was a nice – that's not quite, like, upper echelon of favorites. That's down there a little bit. I like Paul Casey there. Um, and then the uh, defending champion, J.T. Poston, is plus 5,400 uh, on the book that I was looking at. So, I mean, he's he's won the tournament before. Might be interesting to put some money down there. Um I also liked there Gosh, was how many bets do you have? I didn't I didn't put anything on Poston. There was one more that I really, really liked too. Uh who was it? Uh crap, no, I can't find it. Kiz at thirty one hundred. But yeah. Well when you when you're playing with these kinds of odds, um I, I just I mean I don't put a whole lot down because I'm not trying to like golf betting is difficult but those were those were my official official bets kisner plus 3100 reed for top five glover top five and paul casey to win so all right that's what i like at Wyndham quick yep all i'm gonna say about that is paul casey is a stooge um now we have probably the biggest headline in sports history one could argue that the big 10 the first of the Power Five conferences, the home of Hoppe and I's favorite college teams, decided to just up and postpone all fall sports to potentially play in the spring, to potentially not play in the spring. And then Maybe. following right behind them was, there was the Pac-12. Shooter is not going to like that decision. Um, we're still waiting to hear from the ACC the SEC and the Big 12, it really sounds like if the Big 12 opts out, then the SEC is just kind of, they're screwed, even though the SEC and ACC did say that they are going to try and play. Um, it just, it leaves a lot of questions unanswered. And honestly, it all comes down to, it all comes down to money. Um, that You obviously know they want to play. You, you know that the schools, they want all that revenue from these sports the reason why they're passing it up is because the money lost with the unionization of their players 
and this union movement um, has been growing on social media with players listening to demands of the things that they think are necessary if they're going to play this season. Schools saw that, conferences saw that, and they got scared because they knew how much it would cost them if uh, they allowed players to unionize. So they said, no, we're, we're literally going to pass up millions and millions and millions and say, screw it. Like, we'll take the L there to save all this money in the future. And it's kind of disgusting, but do you expect anything less from uh, NCAA-sanctioned conferences? Yeah, no. It's uh, Obviously, the conferences uh, ended with the control here, or they're, they're making some of the final decisions. The NCAA is too big of pussies to make this decision. I Stooges. Think I'm- Add the NCAA to the list of stooges. All right, so Goodell, Manfred, probably tied for first, uh, probably second in CAA, and then we'll have a low-key third in Paul Casey, <laughs> <laughs> since you just said it. Awesome. Uh, I, I want to dig into that Paul Casey hate, but we'll get into that later. But like you said, um, uh, it's just – it's all about the money, man, um, making money off of amateur athletes. And the other thing that they're gonna that they're gonna probably cite here is they're gonna be like, well, now we're letting players make money off of their likeness, <laughs> like they're making money from their YouTubes and their TikTokies and all, or, you know what the, whatever the fuck those old fucks those fucking old bags are saying. Um, and I think that's gonna be a point of of tension again, as always, as it's ever been. So I don't know. It's so frustrating frustrating to see uh i mean we talked about i think it was like two or three weeks ago where i went on a rant that's like we're not they haven't been trying they don't care like the health and safety is important the social issues are just as important but nobody cares about getting it done because it affects the bottom line it's really unfortunate because you look at the commissioners of these leagues you look at the ncaa as a nonprofit. they get tax breaks they get all this there's millions and millions and millions and millions and millions upon dollars, dollars upon dollars um, in all of these places. And there's, there's enough money to go around um, that, you know, most of these tenured commissioners and, and people of authority have, have plenty of money. It's like, really, we gotta, you're worried about your, like what, where you're at with that. Come on, man. So um, a lot of people, um, a lot of athletes affected by this, um, you know, it's just, so it sucks. Global pandemics suck. The business world sucks. All of it sucks. Um, it's really frustrating. I don't know as a fan. And it's, I, I think the most frustrating thing is that like, for me, someone who is lucky enough to do this podcast, lucky enough to have great people who listen every week, um, I go out, I work a nine to five job. Uh, I come home, obviously baby Hoppa, as you all know, I work really hard. I don't make a lot of money. Um, we have, you know, I put food on the table for my family, all that. And, and that kind of stuff. And for these people who make a lot of money each year, uh, it's, it's really frustrating to see that they're not willing to cooperate or at least come up with some sort of solution uh, when, you know, a lot of times money is the money is the solution to a problem. So I don't know. Personally, it's just really frustrating. Uh, that's kind of where I stand uh, at the end of the day, because for all the reasons I just laid out, I mean, 
to be these athletic departments people like like think of all these major programs think of duke basketball think of um clemson football ohio state i mean even down to wisconsin's like football think of a lot of these majority especially these power five conferences the athletic the money that is just in the athletic departments alone is i guarantee way more than you think I guarantee it. There is millions and millions of dollars in these athletic departments because of boosters, because of deals with, with, um, you know, partners. There's a reason that like every kid gets a bat, like a Adidas or Nike or under armor backpack. They get these, all these jerseys, they get, you know, the gear for free. Like, there's so much money there. So just, just remember that, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying that it's on the kids whatsoever because they're there to, a lot of them are there at the end of the day to um, just get an education. A lot of them are trying to uh, better their family and play the sport that they love professionally, but it's the, it's the people in the higher authority that are, are making this decision um, and, and making it on behalf of, of players who, who want to find a want to find a middle ground while remaining healthy, feeling like they can, uh, you know, say their opinions and, and all that. But that was, that was a big enough rant. It's just disappointing is all. Yeah. So what do you think like the lasting impact of college football is uh, because of these, or let me rephrase it, the lasting impact of this decision on college football Because obviously um, just if it's, if it remains as the big 10 and the PAC 12, I mean, what is it? Fourteen teams in the in the Big Ten, and I think it's I guess twelve in the Pac-12. Yeah, um, twenty-six teams, twenty-six schools. Um, that's a huge loss on recruiting, um, yep. and it sets them behind revenue-wise as well. The Pac-12, and I believe the Big Ten as well. Um, it's not just fall sports; it's all sports through the end of this calendar year. So yep. that includes the start of college basketball, the start of, mm-hmm. I mean, in the winter, no one really cares. Hockey, hockey, I guess. Hockey's pretty big. I mean, there's plenty of, you know, Arizona State, <laughs> Arizona <laughs> State hockey, arguably, I mean, Arizona State hockey's better than any Big Ten hockey team right now. Um, men's hockey. Mm. Wisconsin ladies are kind of nice. Um, Wisconsin ladies have been nice for a really long time now. <laughs> but yeah but no I mean like you said what's the last thing I mean if you look at it just in football uh, today I think I saw a tweet um, like some four star cornerback I think it was or something like that at Ohio State decommitted so right there you're losing out on this on this um, prospect for, for what the results on the field will be um, but really all it is is you just don't have this money coming in. And I think um, not to deter from our own podcast, um, a great point on part in my take that big cat make, he went, he went to Madison um, and, you know, they obviously have a large podcast and get to do a lot of really cool things and have seen a lot of really cool places, but he described it perfectly and, and um, said, you know, a lot of these schools are dependent on all of this money 
because they've already spent it. It's already going into the next stadium upgrade. It's going into the next weight room upgrade. It's going into the next this or that. Like that's the the bottom line is there. The the money in the bank account is there, but like I like you know, like I said, it's it is going towards somewhere supposed to already. So there's obviously going to be a stoppage and and who knows um how many years this could set people back but i mean even just the recruiting alone all of the hockey players all of the um you know name name all the sports that that are going to be done you know all the basketball you know everything everything that is going to be affected you're going to see effects in recruiting you're going to see it becomes a lot tougher to be uh to stand out as a recruit to have school paid for um because of athletic scholarship um, ho- hopefully there's um, academic money for, for you to be there, but it, it goes, it trickles down a long, long, long way. Yeah. And then um, another thing is like, I saw a report today of Nebraska considering leaving the big 10 and going back to the big 12, the big 12 decides they're going to play. I mean, losing an entire team and in, in a conference is a pretty big deal. And then Michigan and Ohio State seem very determined to play football this year. I don't believe that their leaving would be very permanent, but I can imagine the repercussions um, from the Big Ten to those two schools if they said, screw you guys, we're playing an ACC schedule or we're playing an SEC schedule this fall. Um, And then going back to Nebraska, Nebraska already said, like, Nebraska said, we're playing football this fall. And I guess it doesn't matter where they're playing it. They said they're playing it. And I've seen the reports that maybe they go back to the Big 12. So you could have total dismantling of conferences with teams saying, well, screw you guys, we're going to go play elsewhere. And then whether or not they switch back is a whole nother story. <clears throat> yeah. Um, and, and it doesn't stop there either because of things like the draft um, in football and basketball and um obviously these things are going to ultimately impact the spring sports, baseball and, and golf, all that stuff. So it's going to be really, uh, it's going to be really interesting to see the way it all impacts. And like, yeah, if Nebraska leaves, are they going to come back right the next year or are they going to have to figure out a second team? Because now you have to have six and what the, or, the uh, or seven and six, sorry, there we go. Seven and six in the big 10. So now you're fucked. You know, it's like, what do you do? Um, there's, there's a lot of decisions, obviously a global pandemic gets in the way, um, and all that kind of stuff and whatever side of the aisle you sit on, try to not make it political and and just, I don't know. It's frustrating. I'm frustrated as a sports fan. Um, and in general, (laughs) that's, that's just truthfully how I feel. I don't know. It's not to get all like, you know, hashtag emotional or anything like that on, on lecture hall. But I mean, at the end of the day, it's just like, God, there has to be a solution. You know, it just, there just has to be. So. Yeah, I don't. And like we've been saying numerous times about every sports league is as soon as everything was canceled and postponed in March, that is when you were supposed to start game planning for what was going to happen come August. And everyone just assumed that we would be through this by August and waited to the last possible second. And then 
it's not enough time to get a plan in place. So you jump to the drastic step of just canceling everything, which is not the right answer. There's ways to go about this. We just didn't even think about going about it. And that's, that's the issue. Like I see reports of like, there's a handful of big 12 ADs who are saying cancel. There's a handful saying let's play. And then there's the majority saying let's postpone this. And it's like, if you're the big 12, you can't postpone this a whole lot longer considering two power five conferences, one being way more relevant than you and everything um, have already canceled. Um, obviously the sec is kind of like the, I don't know, the, the dad, I guess, of the power five schools. They're only, at least the backbone of college football. It's a very only because of like four teams in college football. Um, Big Ten all around better at everything. Yeah. Um, that being said, I mean, it, we would be the daddy. It all comes down to the SEC and what the SEC does. And you know, the SEC wants to play. I imagine the ACC wants to play because of Clemson. Um, obviously, Trevor Lawrence, Clemson's going to be a national title contender. They want that money that comes from Clemson football going to a conference football playoff or college football playoff. Um, the potential money for from Clemson winning another national championship. Obviously, the ACC wants to play. There's nothing else in that conference worth playing other than Clemson. And if I'm the ACC, honestly, if you have other conferences canceling, I'm telling Clemson to go play play in the SEC if that's what it takes. Go play SEC Clemson in the SEC, and then against the Big Twelve, and that's your season. Yeah, um, may as well make it like the. Uh the basketball challenges where uh, they cross like the big 10, uh, big 10 ACC, the SEC big 12 challenge plus Clemson yeah. plus Clemson and Notre Dame. <laughs> yeah. And Notre Dame. Uh, but yeah, no, it's yeah. I think we're both just notably frustrated um, on that. And all of these leagues, like I mean, like you said, when everything gets canceled in March, all of these leagues have a calendar. All of the the league start date, reporting to camp, this that this that you know, waivers. All this stuff goes goes into it, and there should have been planning. There should have been planning in February, you know, when we first like hear about this stuff. Like, you know, yeah it's it's all about sourcing information correctly and and proceeding with caution like i i can't like as much as we want college football i think you'll agree with me like the health and safety of players is paramount like that is the most important at the end of the day um like there's just no there, there's no getting around it that is important but there is a way to do it you guys make all this money figure it out so yeah, frustration on the level of the fans is is where it's going to be and obviously um there's there's no there's no solution probably any time at least within August and doubtful for September. So that's where that's where we sit. Tonight's 5 o'clock news. Welcome, everybody, to the 5 o'clock news. It's your boy, Big Hoppa, and we got showers in the forecast. Uh, For your morning, it's going to be a downpour once you step into that shower. 
And what you're going to need is the Wash Buckler Soap Bar from Gibbs Grooming. Gibbs not only has all of your soapy needs with the Wash Buckler Soap Bar, with the Beard Hair and Body Wash 3-in-1, They've also got their great beard oils. They've got pomades. They've got everything you need so that when you're getting wet in the morning, you can be sure to wash down, feel fresh, be ready to go, and look great. All right, all of these things are possible with Gibbs. You know what else is possible when you order from Gibbs? To get 15% off. Yeah, that's something the boys at Lecture Hall are doing that nobody else is doing. 15% off. Using the code HALL15, H-A-L-L-1-5, that's HALL15, for 15% off your order at GibbsGrooming.com. You know it by now, GibbsGrooming.com, G-I-B-S, G-R-O-O-M-I-N-G.com, GibbsGrooming.com. You should know it. HALL15 for 15% off of any one of their great beard oils, pomades, anything on that website. You guys have a great rest of the show. We just covered the football that is not being played potentially not being played, not played to its fullest extent, but there is one league with another stooge at its helm, and we know this one will be played because there's too much money at stake. We are back with week four of our NFL divisional breakdowns. We are headed north once again, this time to the AFC. One of the more interesting divisions in the NFL, you could you could say potentially one of the more interesting divisions. Um, most last, one of the most storyline filled for sure. Yeah, that's probably the best way to say it. Last year, we saw the Cincinnati Bengals, worst team in the NFL, at two and fourteen, but uh, they were able to use it to their advantage and picked up a a little guy. Some of you may have heard of him. His name is Joe Burrow um, out of LSU. He may have won a national championship or something like that. Um, or like a Heisman. In yeah, maybe a Heisman. He might have been the best player in college football last year, arguably one of the best college football players of all time. Um, Hoppe, thoughts on a season. Cincinnati Bengals? Certainly not a player. But uh, we can we can talk about that another time. Joe Burrow being a Cincinnati Bengal makes his team better. But we don't know how the talent translates to the NFL. We don't know. Burrow, you know, one really good season. Um, you could argue that the talent was finally there for uh, LSU. Obviously, some insane receivers. They had, like, three drafted. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Uh, drafted as well running back you have basically like four offensive studs drafted in the first I think it was like three rounds um so that's a rarity that you see from a single team um but Burrow certainly um obviously 76 percent completion percentage 5600 yards 60 touchdowns and only six interceptions an all-time season but the year prior, uh, 57.8% completion percentage, uh, just short of 2,900 yards, 16 touchdowns, and five picks. So you could certainly make the, the case that Burrow, um, you know, succeeded because of his surroundings. Um, it's going to be interesting. This Bengals team I don't think is all that talented still. I mean, 
mean, there's a reason they went two and 14 uh, and it's not fully Andy Dalton's fault. Um, I think this team does get a little bit better. They probably put up some games uh, against Cleveland. This cat won't shut the hell up. Uh, and so, yeah, I think they're going to be a couple games better. I'm going to put the over under at six and a half. And I think that's generous. Yeah, the other thing with uh, Bengals is if A.J. Green's going to be healthy this season or not. Um, he's had his injury issues the last few seasons and hasn't been able to be that A.J. Green that we saw early on in his career. Um, that's going to be a big factor for a young rookie quarterback um, if he can have his number one receiver. I think six and a half games is a very generous over-under, and you're going to get a lot of a lot of gamblers hammering hammering the under there, but you know, Joe Burrow, if he is as good as he was last year at LSU, could catch lightning in a bottle, especially if he has A.J. Green and maybe make a run at that. I'd, I'd set my over-under probably at, at four and a half, and I'd say that's a little more little more fair. Say that Burrow, rookie Burrow, makes them two to three games better, um, but I still don't think they're going to be that good. I think I see. I think I see them right in that that like five win mark, where they're like three three or so better. AJ Green, as you mentioned, he turned thirty in twenty eighteen. Now is uh, birthday was on July thirty first, so he's now thirty two years of age, um, um, and so played nine games in twenty eighteen, missed all of last season, uh, so <laughs> hasn't hasn't played a game. Let's see. I, I can get you the exact date here. I mean, that's insane. hasn't hasn't played since 2018, um, and hasn't hasn't played in a real competitive game uh, since December 2nd of 2018. Exactly. That's a long time. Fun fact. That is a. It's all. It's. Go ahead. I said fun fact. AJ Green used to be my guaranteed first or second round pick in fantasy football every single season. He was a lock to be my <laughs> yeah. wide receiver number one every year. Absolutely. I mean, every reason for it, his first five years in the league over a thousand yards and three of those had 10 uh, or 11 touchdowns and included at least 90, it had 97 and I had 97 and 98 catches in two of those five seasons so certainly that makes sense speaking of 10 or 11 touchdowns uh, we're moving on to a team that is known to only score 10 or 11 touchdowns all season and the cleveland browns finished <laughs> six and six and ten last season um Fuck you. you murdered them dude <laughs> um they had a lot of hype going into last season uh, with Baker Mayfield, Odell, Jarvis Landry. They had hard knocks, uh, Joku, whatever, tight end. They added Austin Hooper. Um, they have Miles Garrett still. They have on yeah, paper – They have on paper a very good team with a quarterback who we don't know if he's just good or trash. Um, so, obviously, Baker Mayfield, in my opinion, is the – the X factor and if this Browns team is going to be any better than six and ten, um I'd probably set their over under at six and a half, maybe seven and a half. Um and it just comes down to I think 
what Baker Mayfield does. I'll agree with uh, seven and a half. It's going to be up to Baker. I mean, you go one and fifteen in twenty sixteen, zero and sixteen in twenty seventeen, seven eight and one in twenty eighteen. Uh, you fire your coach uh, and hire Freddie fucking Kitchens and go six and ten. Uh, ranked towards the bottom, ranked 22nd in points, 22nd in yards. Uh, defensively, 20th in points and 22nd in yards. So you're below average uh, in both regards, and you have one of the best running backs in the NFL. Um, oh, I forgot about Nick Chubb. And don't they have the yeah, white Nick, beater from Kansas City? <laughs> Kareem Hunt, yes. yes. Thank you. That is a great way to to bring up that man. Um this team, despite all of that terribleness that they've seen for the better part of now almost two decades, uh, still for the franchise record over 500. But yeah, it's all it's all gonna be on Baker. Um, I don't think that I don't think that fucking Freddie Kitchens isn't genius in any sense of the word. Um, but that being said, people give a lot of shit to Baker because of the interceptions uh, last year. Otherwise. I mean, he had a, a, a decent season. I mean, sacked 40 times. Like, he was sacked 15 more times between 2018 to 2019, uh, threw a couple less touchdowns, and threw for, all, like, the same amount of yards um, while completing a, a couple less in percentage. So, like, I don't know. I don't know what to do with that. Like, Freddie Kitchens, there's, there's no chance that he's an actually legitimately good um, – legitimately good coach that being said nick chubb is an absolute beast yeah, with, that, gonna, with that much talent it's up. gonna it's it shouldn't be hard to get a serviceable you coach have, you, in there yeah you this team this team is probably a nine win team under literally any other coaching staff or any other front office like <laughs> this team is good on paper but uh no can do no can do for these fools no i like i like going though, seven and go. a half great great reference right there i was hoping you did that yeah him Yun is one of my favorite shows of all actually is my favorite show of all time what were we Just saying that. about the cleveland browns over under seven and a half. Yep, I can I can get on board with that. Whoa. Right, next. Soonerscoop.com, verified on Twitter. Sources telling Sooner Scoop Big 12 presidents will allow conference to move forward toward a season and a revised Big 12 schedule will be released after approval from ADs during tomorrow night's meetings. Wow. And the Bleacher Report also of that. And it's not, it was breaking news two hours ago. So where were we? Anyways, um, (laughs) moving on in the AFC North, eight and eight last year, the Pittsburgh Steelers, who typically run this division and make make every team in this division um, their prison lover. Um, (laughs) Wow. That was a bluff. Yeah, a little bit. Um, they tend to make the other teams in the division drop soap very often. Um, but last year, wow, I mean, 
know. Cut that out. Jesus Christ. <laughs> we, we, saw, uh, we saw an injured Big Ben. We saw an injured Big Ben. <laughs> I don't even know what was said, but that was great. <laughs> you just look over. What? <laughs> okay, so. We saw an injured Big Ben. We saw um, them in their first season. Second season, first season without Le'Veon Bill, um, James Conner clearly capable of replacing Le'Veon Bill. An offense that was Antonio Brownless, um, Juju didn't really live up to the hype. They went out and got Eric Ebron in the off season, and if they get the Ebron that um, the Colts had and Andrew Lux last season, that could be very dangerous. Um, we saw last year that Mason Rudolph is trash, and they desperately need a serviceable Big Ben. Um, but Big Ben is getting up there in age, and you don't really Sir. know what you're gonna get for get out of him. Um, yeah, all eyes are really on on Big Ben this year, and not just because they're watching uh, to see what happens when he goes to a bathroom. Holy shit! Uh, yeah, so we are looking at the Steelers. Uh, obviously, Big Ben injured. James Conner only played ten games. Smith Schuster. Not what he was hyped up to be. Ranked 27th in points on offense and 30th in yards. So uh, third to last. But the steel curtain, the defense is always there. TJ Watt, I believe, if I remember correctly, I think he was – is he – did he go to the University of Wisconsin? I think. Yeah, I think so. Uh, TJ Watt, one of the shining bright defensive stars in the country. Uh, in the country, in the NFL. Uh, that defense last year ranked fifth in points and fifth in yards given up. So absolutely a stellar defense. It's just uh, can the offense score points? I mean, they won eight games with essentially like the fourth worst offense in the NFL. Uh, so there's the Steelers have been really good for a really long time. And I, I don't think uh, – I think as long as everybody's healthy, this team is just as scary as it's been since forever. Uh, this year, this last year, a negative 14-point differential. That was the first time in 3, 6, 9, 12, 15 years that they had a negative point differential. Not to mention, like, it's only happened, like, it's only happened twice since 2000. Uh, between Bill Cowher and uh, Mike Tomlin. So, yeah, there's there's a lot of potential with with the Steelers and barring injuries, I think the over-under at 10.5 is appropriate. Okay. Yeah, and then we move on to the team that if the Super Bowl, if the Lombardi Trophy were given at the end of the regular season, this team would have won it. They were 14-2 and two last season. The Baltimore Ravens, there's a lot of hype around them. NFL, the NFL rated Lamar Jackson as the number one player in the league, which is an absolute joke. Um, I think he is oh, the most you. overrated player Glad we're in, the same in NFL history. Um, if you just watched the playoffs last year, the Titans shut him down. And it's not going to take long for teams to watch that film and figure out how to contain uh, Lamar Jackson. And an <laughs> offense that is 
ultimately not even that scary. There's not a whole lot with that offense. They don't have a nameable wide receiver. You have a washed-up Mark Ingram. Um, who's their other running back? Uh, I'd, put, I'd put a little bit more respect on the Ingram name. No, he's a that, washed but... up Mark Ingram. Uh, I think they actually I mean, drafted – Did they draft him and... back too? They might have drafted uh, Yes. Uh, give me one second. You keep and then, you keep telling me why they why they're overrated. And then they also love to play Robert Griffin the third at at running back, which makes no sense when they also have a running back at quarterback who just happens to be able to throw the ball a little farther than your average running back. Uh, but probably just oh yeah, J.K. Dobbins is the running back that they drafted. Yeah, so I guess not bad there, but there's not they a whole lot to this Patrick team. Green. Their their defense isn't that spectacular. They have, yes, Lamar Jackson may have been polarizing for one season. I don't think he's able to continue this long-term. I think he's literally just a slightly better Robert Griffin III who is in a better offensive system that didn't allow him to get hurt. Yep. Set the over-under at, just because they won 14 games last year, set the over-under at 10.5. Oh. Ten and a half. Okay, I'm gonna say eleven and a half, um, because I don't think anybody. Uh, I don't think anybody can is gonna be that easily to stop, especially uh, at, with everything going on. I don't know. I think there's gonna be a weird like aura. Uh, drafted Patrick Queen, stud linebacker. Drafted J.K. Dobbins. Who you could argue was better, who actually was better than Ezekiel Elliott in college. I'm just going to say that right now. Um, but yeah, I mean, absolutely like exposed in the playoffs. And if you disagree with me, if you're going to be one of those people who defends Lamar Jackson in that Titans game, I'm just going to read you a little something. Um, uh, 31 for 59. So that is a 52% completion percentage. 365 yards, one touchdown, and two interceptions. Uh, I just want you to to remember that. Also lost a fumble. He did run 20 times for 143 yards, but, I mean, come on. Uh, this guy uh, obviously uh, is uh, an under, like a below average arm, and when you see the 66% completion percentage, you're going to disagree with me. But when you complete 66% of your passes for only 3,100 yards, I'm the one who's correct. 36 touchdowns, I believe. Uh, I I know I have the stat at one point, but I believe it was like 28 of them came within the red zone uh, where where he was like middle of the pack in in that regard. Obviously, the rushing yards um, gets people excited, and that's literally the reason he won the MVP is because he does something that not every quarterback does, even though he only really combined for like 4,000 total yards, um, 4,300, and there was like six quarterbacks who just threw for more yards. Um, I am not a Lamar Jackson. Completed 58% of his uh, collegiate passes at fucking Louisville is the, is the MVP. Um, that was voted for last year that being said he's an incredible athlete obviously could bury me in any athletic competition so I can only take my analysis so far uh but yeah that is (laughs) the Ravens are good 
uh, I think 11.5 is the appropriate over-under. And Lamar Jackson, I think you're right. Hopefully people watch that tape, and I don't think it'll be that hard to stop him this coming year. All right. He could throw for less than 3,000 yards. All right, so starting at the bottom. Yep, let me get the handy-dandy notes app out. Started, All right. started Cincinnati, at the bottom. Cincinnati Bengals. I'm gonna say they go. Oh, you're going first. Oh, okay. Four and twelve. Um, four and twelve. They're in contention for a number one pick again. I don't think they'll get it because, as I said, the Houston Texans stink. Um, and the Carolina Panthers also stink. No, At I said this Panthers rate you would have the Jags with the first pick. I think the Panthers. I said, but anyways, you said Panthers four and twelve, Jags three and three, Texans four and twelve. Okay, well they stink. Um, yeah, so the Bengals four and twelve. I'm taking the Browns. I think they get one more win, maybe two, and I'm gonna say they go seven and nine. I'll finish that for you. Seven and nine. Yep. Is that it? Is that math? Yeah, it is. Seven okay, and seven and nine. Yeah, that's um, Pittsburgh. I'm gonna say goes nine and seven, Ooh. and then um, the Ravens. Obviously, they're not going fourteen and two. Uh, so step back, eleven and five. All right. Obviously, that puts the Ravens in the playoffs. Um, that could get – what do I have for the AFC playoff picture right now? So, for the AFC playoff picture, we'll refresh for everybody. Uh, we've only done one conference. So, we have you have the Colts losing in the conference championship, and you did not – and you said the Titans were not a wild card team. So, did I have, so, the, did I have the Colts getting a first-round bye? Eleven and five, so I mean, there's a couple divisions left to kind of. I don't know. Anyways, the Ravens are in the playoffs. I don't know where they're at, um, but I think they lose their first game, wherever that first game may be. I don't know, and it would be, I believe, the divisional round. Yeah, and I think the Steelers will be better than the Titans and get in at a wild card. So nine and seven, I meant that would be like assuming they like have the tiebreaker. Yes. Alrighty, Candysville, maybe it all. Uh, I am going to take the Bengals at five and eleven. I'm going to take the Cleveland Burns. Burn on Big River, burn on at six and ten. Cleveland fan, Cleveland fans, if you get that reference, which you probably should, then respect on you. Great song. Uh, I am going to say that Big Ben is healthy, and the Ravens go. Sh- 
12 and 4 and somehow end second. Yeah, we're going to say that. We're going to say they're the wild card team. Pittsburgh team. And, and the 13 and 3 Pittsburgh Steelers. I really don't believe that at all. <laughs> I wanted to get hot. I wanted to get hot, but I decided not. So the, the Steelers, Steelers are going to go 10 and 6. <laughs> yeah, weird. Uh, no, so the Ravens are also going to lose in the divisional round uh, since they would have – that's the round that they would be in. Uh, and Lamar Jackson still won't be able to win a playoff game. He'll be 0-3 for his career, and people will find a way to blame it on somebody else. Uh, the Steelers are going to also lose in the divisional round. No, I disagree, maybe. I had the Colts losing in the divisional round and the Titans in the wild card. So the Steelers would have to be in the wild card as well. Uh, I think Big Ben and that defense wills them to a win. So they will lose in the divisional round with the stipulation that I can change that to conference championship once we round out the rest of our AFC. All right, so I guess that wraps up the AFC North, and it also wraps up this episode of Lecture Hall. I will tease it next week. Hoppa has a juicy lecture um, on his plate. Um, big, big batting average. Absolutely. Big batting average lecture coming next week. Hopefully next week yeah, still some tuned. better – College college sports news. Hopefully next week, the Bruins and the the Bruins and the Red Sox are playing better. Hopefully the Brewers are playing better next week, and next week the Toronto Maple Leafs will still be on their couches, back home. With that being said, thank you guys for listening to this week's lecture hall. The bell has rung. Hoppa, class is dismissed. <laughs>